Uh, 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 Podcast starts now. Welcome to the podcast. It's time again for everyone's favorite annual episode, the Draft Grades Show. As you know, this is this stuff is a big deal. Uh, I have heard, and I certainly believe, that several executives around the league, perhaps even general managers or uh, uh, team runners, uh, even among user teams, have uh, lost their jobs or gotten promotions based on how I graded their drafts. That's how much influence it has around the league. So this is very important stuff. And, uh, and as you know, the grades themselves uh, come from a very complex formula. I mean, it's got to be the most accurate formula probably ever created for anything. Um, it's bound to be right on. Uh, former NASA scientists... I don't know if I've mentioned that before, but former NASA scientists uh, helped come up with this formula along with myself and uh, many uh, important figures that have been in the NFL for decades. Um, I'm not going to say the name Bill Parcells, um, but maybe some of them have been involved, uh, maybe some Hall of Famers. So we'll get to those important draft grades, and remember that the commentary before I give the grade is mine and mine alone. That is not a quantitative analysis that comes from science, that's just my commentary. But after my commentary, then I'll give you the grade, and we'll see how well your team did. So that's enough blabbering, and it's time to get to the actual grades. Uh, The first one I've got here are the Chiefs. So the Chiefs stood pat with their their normal draft picks. They did not have, I don't think they had any extra draft picks. They were picking at 26th in all of the rounds. And the big draft pick here, of course, is the first round pick, Ontarius McGill, defensive tackle. He's all right. He's a 70 overall uh, at this point. And he's definitely going to play for the Chiefs and and hopefully contribute for them. Uh, They also picked up a left outside linebacker. He's a 66 overall. He's okay. Uh, and then a 68 overall quarterback to be their backup, and that one's a really nice pick. I, I think he will develop either into a really good long-term backup, uh, or he could possibly be a starter someday, perhaps. If the Chiefs wanted to really commit to him, maybe move on from Matthew Carson since he can't get him over the hump and into the Super Bowl, maybe uh, Ian Kirkland is the guy. Uh, but after that, uh, a lot of draft grades in the f- or a lot of overall ratings in the fifties for the rest of those players, so that's not real great. And you kind of gotta wonder uh, when a team uses their first round pick on a defensive tackle when they have a stud like John McClain uh, playing in the middle of that defense. Do you need another defensive tackle there? But I'm not gonna ding them too bad on that one because I tend to think, man, you gotta go get a player that's good. Just get a good player, and if he can contribute for your team, then that's good. If you're drafting a guy that's not going to play, that's a problem. But if he's going to contribute for your team, that's good. So that was a good pick for him. Kind of build on that strength of the defensive line for the Chiefs. So uh, we crunched the numbers, and for the Chiefs, we came up with a B- for their draft grade. 
So, okay for the Chiefs. Okay. I, I think they've done better before. Uh, but next up, we got the Browns. Now, the Browns had two first-round picks and two second-round picks. They were picking ninth in the first round and 24th and then third in the second round. And then, of course, 32nd, uh, the Browns won the Super Bowl. And what did they get with these picks? Well, they got the Heisman Trophy winner, Ace York. And right now, his overall rating is not real impressive. Um, it's 73 overall, but I believe he was a hidden development trade. I'm sure he's going to develop. They've moved him to the left outside linebacker, so uh, he doesn't have to sit in the middle of that defense and call all the plays and all of that stuff. He'll probably be fine. A little bit of a curious move um, with the next two picks, both left tackles. So, and then a left guard after that, and then a right guard in the third round. So, four offensive linemen in a row. And I just, I haven't looked at the depth chart, but i got to wonder, did the Browns really need four offensive linemen with those high premium picks? And now, these are decent picks. we got a 69 overall, a 70 overall, a 71, and a 69. Um, so, they're all right. And if they're going to use them all, then, then that's going to work out fine. Uh, except for the re-signing period when they're all kind of getting re-signed all at the same time. They're not going to be able to keep all those guys, I wouldn't think. Um, but good value in, in some of those places. I want to see if I can find what who the Browns took in some later rounds. I don't know if I'm going to be able to figure that out quickly or if I would have to pause and do a bunch of hunting, which I, I don't really want to do. Uh, looks like... No, nope, that guy was drafted last year. Uh, they got a corner that's okay. Kind of slow for a user team. And, yeah, that's about it, really. So, offensive line heavy for the Browns. I think I, I, I'm I kind of a fan of doubling up on a certain position in the draft sometimes. But quadrupling up, maybe not the best use of resources. So, that's going to bring the Browns draft gate down it and you know we'll see about ace york but i don't know if they really got any difference makers in this draft um, so because of that the browns get a b minus okay the patriots so the patriots had the second pick the 11th pick, they had the second pick in the second round, the 24th pick in the second round, they had the 21st pick in the third round, and the 30th pick in the third round. So that's a lot of high picks there. And let's see what the Patriots did with it. Now again, this team played with Daniel Jones and I think Rob Jones was the other quarterback. I don't even know their names. I don't know the names of the quarterbacks that were on this team last year. Um, so... They really needed to address that. I mean, they were going to get an F if they did not draft a quarterback. And guess what? They did not draft a quarterback in the first round. So, ballsy move. Ballsy move by the Patriots. Got to give them that. And uh, it may have worked out because in the second round, they got Thornhill. What's his full name? They got Lamar Thornhill. And this guy, right now, he's a 71 overall. He's 21 years old, hidden development trait. He's probably going to develop pretty well. So not only is that a good pick by the Patriots, but it's kind of a steal in the second round. And, and he'll be a little bit cheaper than a first-round quarterback for, I think, four years here. And then after that, they're going to have to pay him, uh, assuming he develops nicely. Uh, but 
So they passed up quarterback in the first round. What did the Patriots get there? Well, they got, I believe, the best player in the class with Daniel Godwin, who's playing right tackle. And he is a pass protector and a power player. He's going to be really, really good, I think. Uh, And they got left outside linebacker uh, McAllister. He's a 76 overall, so there's another really good pick. This was a pretty darn good draft by the Patriots. Uh, After the the tackle, the linebacker, and the quarterback, they went D-tackle twice in a row. Uh, I don't know if they needed D-tackle so bad that they had to go twice in a row there. Uh, If they had any other starters on their roster, and I'm going to look. If they had any other starters on their roster, I don't know about that. And not only do they have other starters on their roster, but those other starters are a 93 and an 80. So, yeah, I don't know. Interesting. Interesting pick there by the Patriots. That's probably going to bring their grade down a little bit. Um, Not that it's necessarily a bad idea to gather some depth there, but... I mean, those are pretty high picks. That was second round and third round picks right there. And then I I believe they also doubled up on corners. And you really can't have too many corners, so that's that's pretty decent. The guys they got... Need to look. Both 21 years old, both 66 overall. And uh, one's a 90 speed, one's an 87 speed. So they might be all right. What I do like about these corners they drafted, both are six feet or over. Uh, So they uh, say they meet, I don't know, the Packers in the Super Bowl. Uh, They may be able to try and match up one of those guys with Tanner Sheffield, and and they might be able to do okay against some of the bigger, tougher uh, receivers to guard. So those could be pretty good picks there. So really, this is a pretty good draft by the Patriots. Like I said, the only thing that's a little questionable is using some of those premium picks on a third and fourth string defensive tackle. But overall, you know, nice steal with the quarterback, good solid players in the first round. This draft is really going to help the Patriots. Uh, We plug it into our formula, and look at that. The Patriots get a nice solid B-. Moving on to the Panthers. Uh, What did the Panthers do? The Panthers had the very first overall pick, and they also had the 12th pick. And in the second round, they had the 5th and the 31st. In the third round, the 13th and the 16th. So a lot of teams with two picks in each round here. I I believe the Packers also had that. Uh, So acquiring a lot of talent. Now, it's going to be tough to pay and retain all of that talent. Uh, But you do get it for about four years when you draft them that high. So... I see why people are doing that. Uh, people except for the Chiefs. Um, the Chiefs obviously going with a different strategy, which is you know, save that money on the salary cap so that your owner can keep more of it, uh, make your owner happy. That helps you keep your job. That's obviously the strategy for the Chiefs. Um, but anyway, the Panthers, with their uh, first overall pick, what did they do? They drafted Dion Hayward, which was... Uh, the top player on my board. Now, obviously not the top player in the draft class, I don't think, but as far as getting guys that have rare talents and at positions where they make a big uh, impact, this guy, that's why he was top of my board. This is an excellent pick. Uh, 
Uh, he's going to be a scary player. 94 speed, 77 overall. Um, he's going to be a big-time receiver for them. And uh, we'll see what that means for the rest of the receivers on their roster. I don't remember if, they, um, if they're going to have to kind of let people go in the future. They probably will. But that's a good pick. And then a defensive tackle, that's a 76, looks like. Uh, Cochran, he's also quite the good player. I can't see, let's see, uh, 89 strength. Nope, that's not him. Let's see how strong he is, because that matters for D-tackles. And the reason I can't find him is because he has been moved to defensive end. Yeah, so he's playing defensive end now. So he's a 77 overall as a defensive end. Got 93 strength, which is quite good for a defensive end. Uh, not going to be an edge rusher. He's, you know, he's a converted D tackle. He's 300 pounds. Got 74 speed, 80, 81 acceleration. Um, but the Panthers have always been pretty good at stopping the run, and I think that's clearly why he's playing defensive end in that 3-4. Uh, so that's a good pick. Uh, they also got a right guard that's 72 overall. That guy's going to play, at least at some point. And a middle linebacker that's a 76. Um, I don't know if he's going to be a starter, but he will contribute. A corner that's a 71, he'll probably contribute. And then the, their last third-round pick is a right outside linebacker that's a 65. Um, so other than Hayward at receiver, nothing truly exciting there, but those are pretty solid picks and I wouldn't expect anything truly exciting in some of those later picks because the Panthers just are not exciting but pretty good picks and it looks like their grade is a B minus so that's an impact receiver and some solid contributors in other places B minus sounds about right uh, now lastly we've got the Packers another team that had uh, two picks in each of the first three rounds, uh, really trying to capitalize on the the time they have left with a rookie quarterback uh, on a rookie salary. And what they did with those picks was with the first pick, they drafted a defensive tackle. Uh, the Packers really looking to bolster the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball, and, and they certainly did that. They went after those types of players, so... Uh, as as I don't know how to say his name, Azavius Azavius Hale, Azavius, I believe that's right, Azavius Hale. Uh, I'm just gonna go ahead and crown him the coolest name in the NFL. Um, I don't know if that's actually true, but I get to do that. Uh, and then a Kirkpatrick at defensive end and Melvin at a defensive end. So the Packers also doubling down at a position. And both those guys got moved to outside linebacker to be groomed as pass rushers. So that once really terrifying uh, Packers pass rush, they're, they're working to build it up again. Um, then Lewis at corner will probably be a nickel corner for him. Uh, maybe not in his first year. And then a couple of linemen, at least one of those guys is going to start. And if you go down the list, the uh, Packers also got a kicker that supplanted um, supplanted the kicker that had been their kicker for quite some time. 
uh, Luke Lowe, who's now their kicker, and he put, uh, whatever his name was, Newberry out of a job. So, when you get a really late round pick like that, that immediately comes in and start, you know, that's a, that's a boon for your team, and, and it really boosts your draft grade. And they got a fullback that's also going to start. Uh, also got him really late, so some real steals there by the Packers. Overall, when you look at this draft class, there are probably six or seven guys that are going to be starting within a year or two for the Packers, and that's that's a lot of uh, starters. That's a lot of contributors to go get uh, in one draft class. So excellent job by the Packers, and in fact, it's it's so good that when you crunch the numbers, they get an A plus. They get a perfect grade. So well done by the Packers. So there you go. There are the draft grades. Uh, I know I can expect uh, a bunch of really positive feedback on that, and I I hope that uh, doesn't get anybody fired across the league. Uh, None of those draft grades were terrible. They shouldn't get anybody fired, but I I know there are probably some scouts in the Packers organizations that are going to get, they're going to get a promotion based on that draft grade. So, wow, that was, uh, I talked about that for a long time. But as you know, draft grades are extremely important. So that was uh, good stuff to go over. There you go. Draft grades for the year, whatever this is, 2032, 2034, I don't know, a long, a long time from now. All right, to wrap things up here, we'll do a couple of game previews, just, you know, maybe the first half of the season. I think there are two user games in the first half of the season, and I won't take too long to talk about them. First up is next week in week four, the Packers at Panthers. A rematch of a, a pretty big game last year in the playoffs. And uh, the Packers are currently 3-0, and and I think the Panthers are 2-0. and Madden hasn't advanced yet, so... Uh, we'll see. We'll see uh, if they're also three and zero. That would be fun if they were. Uh, and what we're looking for is can the you know one thing is can the Panthers play as clean as they did the last time these two teams played because uh, they didn't in the Super Bowl, um, but they did last time these two teams played and, and it led to a, a big victory for them. Now are they going to be able to run the ball like they did? Uh, in the previous matchup where they had somewhere around 200 yards with their running back, I think. And, and, and what are the Packers going to do to to uh, counter that and to kind of advance? Uh, the Packers lost Gabe Cassis in the offseason, so maybe not as explosive on offense. We'll see how that turns out. And they're kind of in a transition period on defense as well. Uh, and so... That'll be interesting to see. Obviously, the Panthers just got a big weapon with uh, that Hayward receiver. Uh, so we'll see if he makes an immediate impact here. Uh, other than that, I don't, know, I don't know what else there is to say about it. Like I've said before, these early season games, I'm looking to see what, what identity are these teams kind of trying to find. Uh, what are they going to be? And if they are going to be something specific, uh are we going to see it when they play, or, or are they going to fail to you know, be the thing that they're trying to be? So, really interesting to see how that works out. Uh, I think both these teams have the potential to be pretty balanced offensively, 
uh, or they could lean one way or the other. And then, of course, the Panthers always have a really talented defense. Um, so we'll see what happens. And, and as usual, the game will probably come down to turnovers and who makes them and who doesn't. And uh, that, uh, I forgot his name, that quarterback for the Panthers, he, he tends to throw the interceptions. So that's, that's the big key to watch is turnovers specifically for the Panthers. Uh, and can they win this game and maybe continue to stay relevant? All right, the second game, I think, is week seven. Yep, there it is. Sunday night football. The Chiefs and the Browns. This should be a fun one. The reason I say that is because that Chiefs defensive line is pretty good. They got some good linebackers. Of course, they, they added a defensive tackle in the draft. And the last time we saw the Browns, they were all about running the football. So and and they were very, very successful at it. This looked like the you know the Jim Brown Browns, where they're just running all over the place. But Terrence Silas is gone now. Uh so that may not be the same team anymore. It was not a good draft for running backs. The Browns didn't go get one uh, in the draft. I believe they signed one in free agency. Uh, we'll see how that works out for them. Uh, I still think that they want to start with the running game and work to their passing game. I'm just guessing that, but I think that's what's going to happen. And they got a young group of receivers with a 99 overall quarterback, so they're probably looking to grow the passing game, but they definitely want the running game to, to uh, set it up. And then for the Chiefs, as I always wonder about the Chiefs, are they going to be anything more than a dink-and-dunk offense? I mean, we'll see. They've got a pretty solid running game. They've got a good quarterback. And they've got some nice possession receivers. But can they get any big plays? Because the Chiefs historically have moved the ball up and down the field pretty well. But in the red zone, they have turnover problems. And, and that's one of the things, one of the reasons teams like to go get big plays and big chunks of yardage. So you don't have to run 12 and 14 play drives. You end up making a mistake every once in a while when you have a 12 or 14 play drive. Uh, and, and if they're not going to be that way, can the Chiefs play clean enough to just be methodical, protect the ball, keep it away from the other team, you know, and win close games? We have seen them do that in the past. Uh, so if they can do it against the Browns, that's a really good sign for them because that's, that's a good Browns team. And also this Browns defense is going through a transition right now too. They're looking for, or they're, they're starting new players up on their defensive front. Uh, the secondary, particularly the corners, uh, aged a little bit and they're, they're getting new guys in there. So is this team still a Super Bowl contender? We're looking to see that or, has uh, has all the controversy about the dysfunction in their locker room or if they've been cheating or if they're using steroids. Has all that really gotten to them? Uh, I was planning to interview Terrence Silas uh, after the Super Bowl. He was the Super Bowl MVP. Interview him about, about the, the season and the Super Bowl and the postseason he had and all that. Uh, would have been a, a great interview. Um you know, to, at the end of his career to get his thoughts on that. Well, he's not with the Browns anymore, and we still could have done the interview, but he did not want to talk about the Browns now that he wasn't on the team anymore. So I really think 
that says something about that organization. I think there's more going on behind the scenes than we really know. And, uh, you know, this tends to happen with the players that aren't there anymore is they don't want to talk about it. Uh, so it really makes you wonder. Anyway, that would be the Chiefs and the Browns preview. I think we'll probably leave it there. There'll be more games to preview in the second half of the season, and we will recap the games that we just previewed. And I will find some other things to talk about in those uh, in those episodes as well. So in the meantime, remember, you can always ask a question via text. You can always put it in the uh, Discord. And I will answer it. You know, any feedback is welcome. Uh, and that's it for tonight. So until next time.